Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful KLGO, the word 1490 AM, information with inspiration, reminding you that you can hear us live streaming on klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com. And, of course, in the studio with me, the first lady of love, big applause, fanfare, and much hoorah, Miss Evelyn Davison. Hey. Oh, Cindy, I need that today. Boy, don't we all. (laughs) (laughs) And I should be saying that for you because um, I was thinking, probably by the time this summer ends, you and I are going to be, we'll have been friends pretty close to 23 years. I wish you would mumble when you would say that. You enunciate that and say so clearly. And therefore, then people know you and I are not 21. Yeah, well, they know that already. (laughs) I had a call yesterday or the day before from a lady that was wanting to know when we had the first March for Jesus. Oh, my gosh. And so I said, I have no idea. I was there. <laughs> uh, it was a fun time because we were broadcasting and um, uh, we had they'd brought in a generator because in those days there was no electricity on the Farkland. I mean, in the in the, you know, the grounds area, the preservation board. Wouldn't let you do that until George W. came in. I was back when they had pecan trees lying in the south gates. And so we, um, they brought in this generator uh, that used diesel to make electricity. And we didn't have cell phones then. We had car phones. (laughs) No, no. They were like those military, the yes. old-timey like those military. Walkie-talkie. Yes, with the giant antenna, and I yeah. mean, they weighed and five I'm gonna pounds. And I'm going to tell a story on Gene Bender, who is our general manager here at KLGO. And we were on the air about four or five minutes, and I was reading from Isaiah where Isaiah said, God, we need help in in my country because the truth is dying in the streets. And the minute I said the truth's dying in the streets, electricity went off. They had not filled up the generator with, with fuel, with diesel. There was no diesel in there. So Jean climbed, and another girl kind of climbed a tree and hung some wires in a tree, one of those pecan trees, so that we could use the the car phone until they went and got some fuel to put in the generator. Now, let me say something about that. You know, now Gene is not the most petite fellow (laughs) in the world, but that guy is like a cat burglar. He has been on the top of more buildings and Uh, in trees, uh, either hanging towers, picking towers uh, up. That guy God love him. Well, he's been a friend a long, long time, Cindy, way back. But anyway, this lady called me and asked me, when when was that? When was the first one? I said, I couldn't tell you by the year, and I, but I can sure tell you what happened. <laughs> and I, that's, got, that's kind of the way we are This is when you know you're dated because I will talk. You know, when we're, when we're talking in Austin about all the wonderful things that are going on today, mm-hmm. now, in the body of Christ, uh, people often talk about this time as, as if this is the time or oh. the only time. Mm. And I, and I'll ask them, I said, well, do you, uh, remember March for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And they're, no, this is when you feel really old. Oh. Because <laughs> trying to describe to someone what it was like, mm. To see 10,000 plus people coming up Congress Avenue, not demonstrating, not being angry, not protesting, but worshiping. Mm-hmm. Praising. Oh, MG, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a heaven 
to earth kind of moment. You know, Evelyn, there's some, several things in the news, and Austin is in the news right now. Well, it is. Indeed. You know, they've had, uh, we once again, we've have had uh, police shootings mm-hmm. uh, of, in, in the middle of crime. This is so typical and on topic. It's typical and topical of what's going on in the nation right now. So there are these heated uh, civic town hall meetings taking place at the Carver Library around the shootings that have recently taken place. So the police are once again taking some big heat, and it is around this issue of believing that the police, law enforcement, people in general, Mm -hmm. are perpetrating uh, force, violence, and racism mm. against young black males. Well, you know, it's unfortunate that's going on, Cindy, um, because crime is crime, and evil is evil. And, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's shocking to me that it's mostly the young black men. It's not girls. It's young black men. And it tells me there's something missing in their life. That's the first clue that we have. And Generally speaking, it's because the father's missing. You know, we just know that in in our day, um, there are so many single uh, African-American women who are taking care of families and making their own living. And so these are some of the issues that break our heart, some of the things that we just pray about every day. But it's also something we've got to get involved in and see where it is that we can be of help in cases like this. I agree because now when you talked about the grief of this, I agree with that. Whether you're talking about Trayvon Martin, whether you're talking about this case, yeah. whether there's there's hundreds of these kinds of examples all over the nation. I'm grieved by them too. We need to be praying for young black men. Yeah. And here's here's a spiritual principle that I think is around this that the nation is is, is missing. We think we're going to, once again, the nation's in this place of thinking we're going to, we're going to find a, uh, a legal, judicial, governmental solution to mm-hmm. everything. When in fact, the spiritual principle of what's going on with young black men is the stronger the call of God on your life, mm-hmm. the greater the opposition of the enemy of God is going to come into your life. In other words, The greatness that lies within young black men is being opposed violently by the enemy of God, by evil. I agree with you, Cindy. And unless we stand as a nation, shoulder to shoulder, calling forth by prayer and developing leadership programs and coming alongside young black men, then we are going to lose a whole generation of mighty leaders and potential. It's the same issue as abortion. Absolutely. You know, as as the most dangerous place in the womb is in uh, an African-American womb because mm-hmm. abortion, that is, the, they're being targeted in a genocidal way. Sad. So is this issue around young black men who have a choice themselves to make, but they have to have a spiritual understanding that they're being pursued by the enemy of God mm-hmm. and that the excellence and that what they want to have in life, as far as the goodness of God, as far as achieving greatness, as far as coming and, and achieving great things on behalf of their family, is not going to be on the streets. 
Well, it won't be, and it has to be in many other ways of opportunities in, in the workforce and some of those areas. And we that's one of the words we, we've been visiting lately is work the workmanship of Christ in our lives. But, you know, there are other issues that are going yeah, on. Yeah, I don't right want I, I want I us to talk about them because the I'm on a rant already. I can tell. Okay. <laughs> well, let's talk about San Antonio. Uh, the one of the first came, things that came out a few weeks ago was that Christians could no longer serve uh, on the city council in San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it um, that has been uh, an issue that's been developing for a number of years, and so now they too have joined California. Oh yeah. In in opening. Get ready. Gonna have to go to the potty with some <laughs> unknown characters when he pulls his britches down. Is it a he or she? And they want to call people like you and I hate mongers because we don't want to say, I, listen, when oh. my kid, here we go. I'm on okay, my rant. I'm listening. When my little boys were four, five, six, oh. seven, and eight years old, I did not let them go into the men's restroom because mm-hmm. I did not know who was in the men's restroom. I couldn't go in with them. So our little boys go with us into the women's restroom, mm-hmm. and it's a place of safekeeping. So now you're going to tell me that in the women's restroom, mm-hmm. neither my 14-year-old, 12-year-old or daughter mm-hmm. or my 6-year-old little boy, mm-hmm. I'm going to know what character In schools, because if children want to be transgendered in schools, you won't be able to you won't be able to tell which bathroom they're in. Listen, the world's gone mad. Well, there is a war. And you mentioned that when we're talking about what, um, you know, what we're fighting every day. And it's just not uh, our young people, Cindy. It's it's married uh, couples. It's pastors in churches. It has become so extreme in this area of, of angelic warfare that Christians now are, and I was thinking and praying about this week, are really taking the place where we've been hiding out in our churches. Um, We're going to have to hide out in the closet now to some extent uh, because, you know, gays have come out of the closet and we're not able to talk. We are not, we are liable. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, according to that city ordinance, Forget mm-hmm. it. You can never hold office in San Antonio right. because you're seen as a hate monger. It isn't like you and I, you know, there's the full bodied conversation around the fact that we're sinners, too. Yeah. You know, I'm a sinner, too. But do I want to perpetuate all my sin on everybody else? Now, please don't close out this segment until <laughs> I can rant and rave about well, it's Fort time Hood. To close it, oh, and well, I've got to talk about Fort Hood. Well, let's come back and do that. Let's talk about something good, too. Let's talk about um, oh, let's Ashton's not. Crush, cr- Cutcher. What's his name? Ashton? Yeah, you did good. I did good, huh? <laughs> My good. language didn't get it. But it's very interesting, some of the things that are going on. Okay, not until I talk about Fort Hood. This okay. is Love Talk on the Word. Okay. Good morning. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the word 
1490 AM information with inspiration reminding you that we are streaming live at klgo.net. You can tweet us at the word 1490 or tweet me at CS Vonnie. You can also catch up with us at lovetalknetwork.com. We'll be posting up the latest blog and we'll be posting up our audio. Of course, I'm on some kind of rant this morning. I think that's because I ate chocolate last okay, night. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Evelyn's praying over me like, <laughs> all right, Evelyn. So we are going to talk about God's worksmanship today. I mean, we have a good, wonderful topic, but we're just don't, don't move us too far, too fast, because I've got to talk about this Fort Hood thing. I, you know, I got caught by surprise. You got caught by surprise. Well, I mean, okay. in Texas, we say I got caught with my britches down. <laughs> but uh, I, I lost track somewhere months and you know, yeah. ago on the Fort Hood thing. I thought that was like a done deal. You think that and trial. so then, yeah, and then I find out on the news, you know, the the constant updates that uh, this Yahoo, this Joker. This guy who goes on to a military base, it's not like, you know, it's the presumption of innocence mm-hmm. until proven guilty. I mean, this guy goes on to the base yeah. and kills all these people. Yeah. And we are still in the middle of a trial. What is up with the military on this? Well, I thought the military was the one place if you messed up. You got. Oh, my gosh. Marshals. They sent you packing for Ever. I don't know, Cindy. Uh, I've not dwelt a lot on it because it brings up a lot of fear for me. Uh, but really? Van, yeah, Van has. And um, he he just gets livid uh, when he thinks about Okay, that'd money. be Van and I are the same. Yeah. This is one of the reasons why you and I are gun-packing mamas is yeah. issues like this. <laughs> Libby. Absolutely. And that turns Jim's hair white that I tell Does people it? that. Yes. So your don't t- now, don't tell people that. Don't tell people that. But, I mean, you know, you got the Libby situation, which started the very mm, first. Uh, yeah. And then you've got these situations. You and I are in and out of the ca- – we're in and out of places, crazy places. But I just don't get Yet, why it is that we're talking years later, years and years later, and this idiot who's saying that he did it himself. And he's, he is uh, serving as his own attorney. And so he has admitted, you know, even uh, prior to the court trial, that he is saying every day, I did this and this is why I did it. I don't know, Cindy, we are in a, a need in our nation right now for really strong leadership. We need we need people that can think through these issues, and that's one of the things that that one of the reasons that you and I are doing the new TV show that we do, is to be able to bring some leaders in, who do have some experience some in some areas, and really have a a life uh, style, uh, a value that people need to understand is available today. People. I, I, honestly, I think there are people that honestly think nothing good ever happens. Oh, well, I don't because think the me- that. Yeah, because the media is so bad. It is so bad. It's just gotten worse and worse and worse. And and when you look at it day after day after day, what do you do? You take that as normal. And we don't live normal. My doctor says, Ellen, you're not ordinary. Well, we don't You, We do not live ordinary lives. We live lives by the power of the living Spirit of God, and there is no limit whatsoever in it. We're going to be talking a little bit about that today. But, Cindy, 
what is it that we are to do in times like these? We pray constantly. Mm-hmm. Well, I knew that my rant, uh, people would say, well, that woman, she's lost her Christian, she's lost her mind, lost her Christianity and might be questioned whether I'd ever founded it to begin with. You know, uh, the Lord is faithful to get us alone with him always and correct our attitudes um this this rant that i'm under comes from a particularly tender place of continually praying for the military because when the leadership in the middle military runs a skew mm-hmm. of common sense uh let's take a benghazi situation where we leave our fallen behind. That's what I call running a skew of common sense. Because, you know, if we want to have any moral authority in the world, it isn't that our force and our might is what wins hearts. It is that they know that were there to be fallen, Mm -hmm. that we have uh, a loyalty to to one another. So here are military families hurting and in pain while this whole trial goes on and on as if this is a civil situation and not as if it is a act of terrorism mm-hmm. having to do with the mili- having to do on a military base. It's being treated more as a civil judicial right. matter as it is terrorism. Life, That's yeah. what really uh is um, troubling, troubling to yeah. me. Well, Cindy, uh, one of the reasons that I think we're seeing more and more of some of the things that we're talking about today in our nation is because the go, uh, the global religion um, landscape is changing. Uh, Pew came out just recently with Pew Research with a survey saying Christianity is the fastest growing religion in the world. And they proved it. But it's not happening in America. It's not happening in our churches. It's happening outside our churches, the growth that's coming. From churches, uh, people like Randall Riley, some of those that are really out there, uh, Trey Kent, um, even your church, he'll come to in In our church, those churches that are actively involved out in the marketplace are making a difference. But the, if we break this down, of the people in the world are Muslim. 32% are Christian. But that is changing daily on the Christian side. And why is that? It's because the Holy Spirit of God is moving in a lot of different ways. But then there's 16% that have no religion whatsoever. And then there, you know, we have the Hindus and the Buddhists. And then there are the folk religionists, those people that, you know, just um, don't believe (laughs) in anything. The folk religionists. That's what they're The tree, worship the tree. Yeah. (laughs) So when we look at that on a worldwide scale, we're looking at it on a national and a a state scale. And we know that there are places like um, Detroit, like Minnesota. Uh, California, that by far have more Hindus or more Islamic people than we have in Texas. But that is growing, Cindy. Texas is attracting those some of those people. And one of the things about our military is it's made up of all of it. And so we do need to pray, but there are other things that we need to do. And that's why we're talking about this concept of work. Let's do talk about that because I've been tweeting out all week about, you know, who's the boss? Because it, it comes down to this, you know, when my kids were little, 
at uh, when they would want to fight with each other, you know, you know, uh, I had an old, you know, the first child and the first child is always the bossiest child ever spends the the rest of their lives bossing the the baby around the middle child or the baby around and so josh would always be bossing lorian and lorian would always say you're not the boss of me you're not the boss of me well i feel a little bit like that in today's world i feel like there is a lot of petulant children out in the world saying you are not the boss of me yeah. Now you got some you know, people, adults do the same thing. That's Cindy. what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you've got a world out there that's basically asking this question: Who's the boss? Yeah, who's the boss? And what's it all about? You know, we mentioned that it's a good thing happened. Uh, our in our good good story today is a young man named um, what's his name, Cindy Ashton, Ashton Kutcher. Kutcher. <laughs> I get tickled because he probably is, in terms of social media and everything, he's got to be at the top of the food chain. And so (laughs) it's Ashton. Ashton Kutcher. Okay. Let's talk about that. He's to be a really good kid. I know. He's a grown man, you know. Well, let's, uh, yeah, half of a man. Uh, Oh. He's on that show, Two and a Half Men, and he's just about, he's more a half a man. You know, that young kid on there is a wonderful Christian. He got in trouble a couple of weeks, uh, months ago when he said that nobody ought to be watching that show because it's so (laughs) evil. Uh, But. Ashton uh, came out this week. He got some kind of an award. Yeah, the Teen Choice Award. He he won that, and so he was making the rounds on the internet. And uh, you know, he he follows Twitter. You know, he's a big spokesman yes. for Canon, and I mean, his face is everywhere. He's turned out. You know, when he did start, he was just a, like a teen idol. He's you know, he's in his early forties now, I think. Yeah, he started uh, on that seventies show. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay, very good. You get a lollipop for that. <laughs> anyway, you know, he was looking at some of the tweets. He was looking at some of the social media stuff in light of the Teen Choice Awards. And he had a commentary. What was that? You got to go to work. Yeah, this is very interesting. You know, even Puff Daddy, who I don't. Not all of his stuff yeah, do yeah. I, you know, None but <laughs> listen, a lot of these people, when you, when you get them to really sit down and talk, mm-hmm. these are hard working folks. Yeah. And that's what Ashton was trying to say. Listen, if you think the fantasy world of social networking is all there is to mm-hmm. my life, you know, I'm sitting yeah. here and I'm building some kind of empire by tweeting out and social networking, being weird, you know, doing weird stuff, you know, like this Leathers gal that's out on all the talk shows because she was sexting Wiener, you know, so she's going to make her career. She's now getting ready to pose nude, you know. Oh, Oh, my God. Don't tell me those things. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what was the message that Ashton gave young people then when when he received the award? He said you got to get a job. And he, what he did, he did a chronicle, Cindy, basically, of where he worked and how hard he worked to get where he is today. Hmm. And that's a little bit different from most of the media that comes through. It, because we have implanted in the young people in this nation entitlement. Yeah, well, he even goes so far as to say, he said, I know this is kind of a revolutionary thought in our culture today. And, and even that, I was like, Really? 
Yeah. Uh, well, but, he's coming from that age. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, even though he's saying it was hard work, the buzz on social media was how uh, out there that mm-hmm. was to say that people have to work hard. I know. And that you, as a kid, need to get a job. Uh, so, it made big headlines this week. But it fits into what we're we're really going to be nailing today, Cindy, is we were put here as God's workmanship to do a job. You know, we're in job training. Do you know that? Yeah. We're in job training. I like that. We'll never, we'll never get it all done. We'll never be totally proficient in any of the things we do. That's why we have so much fun when we come to the radio. Now, television is a little bit different. We have to be proper prim and and, uh, oh, point. I hate that. Oh, yeah. Uh, but we're going to change that pretty quick. Uh, but let's talk about, first of all, what does it mean to work? Well, okay, we are going to talk about that. We've got to take a break. But if you ask me what it is to work, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say back to you okay. that it, this thing about you cannot forget who you work for. Okay. And you cannot forget what work is about. Because work by itself doesn't have any value unless God is in it. And what he said was, and we've been running through this, you know, I stand, he says, I stand at the door and knock, and if you'll open it, I will come in. And the handle's on the inside, it's not on the outside. But the other thing is, and we've talked about that for a couple of weeks, you know, the scripture, that you got to do three things. You've got to ask, you've got to seek, and you have to knock. And knocking comes when you get out there and you just get after it. You know, you're active. You can ask. You can seek. But knocking is when you begin to work it out in your life in a way that people can see how great God is. Ooh, this is Love Talk, and we're going to come back and talk about working it out. Good morning, I am Cindy Vaughn, I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM, information with inspiration, and of course, in the studio with me is First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison, the reason why we're all here and listening today is we're waiting to catch a good word from her, and Evelyn, we're, you know, I finished my rant and so now okay. we're we're talking we're talking about workmanship. And we're talking about work and I think this is a really good topic because here we are in the throes of of a nation in about the economics. Yeah, in the value of work and and those who are troubled because they can't they don't feel valued in their work. Uh those who can't find work, uh those who are working and they don't know why they're working. And you know how we always do here on Love Talk. If we don't establish a foundation, then uh, then we don't know why we're doing things either. And so my question, you know, there's a couple of things, you know. I think the question is saying why, the question the nation's asking is why work? Why work in general? Mm-hmm. And the other thing we're, we're asking is, well, who's the boss? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it the guy that writes my paycheck and what's my obligation to him? 
Is there a bigger boss than that? Or am I the boss of me? And what does God have to do with any of this? Well, uh, in Ephesians, Paul wrote a letter to Ephesus, and they were going through some major struggles, Cindy. And in the second chapter, he said, For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Oh, well, I love that second part. Yeah. That God prepared mm-hmm. beforehand. Hmm. What does that imply? Well, he, you know, if we look at, we are his workmanship. And we, you know, we pay attention to to the life that we live. Like we are standing at a door of opportunity every moment of our life, Cindy. Every moment. We have an opportunity to be an instrument of God's mercy and grace. As we stand at that door waiting for him to give us directions, telling us what to do. Because the what is really work. You know, we're called to work in the vineyard. And we can't just close our mind, shut up our ears, and close our eyes, shut our eyes to what's going on in our nation right now. And one of the reasons that we're in such trouble in this nation, as we started out talking about our young black men, is that we have left that ethic of workmanship, that God is working in us, and we're to work it out in a world so that people can look at you and look at me and see how great God is, how he provides, how he guides, how he secures those things in our life. doesn't make it perfect, but it gives us something that is very, very unlimited. And I wrote a little blog about that this week, and we'll mention that later. But the thing about it is this. We were not put here by accident. We are God's workmanship. He worked out in our mother's womb, putting all the DNA of our ancestors together with the special parts that he himself makes and pours life into, poured life into us as he gave us breath for breathing that we might make a difference in the world in which we live, that we might show forth love and mercy and goodness and kindness. But it also was that we be about doing God's business. Okay, I'm glad you went there because, you know, um, there are many good things. I love being an American. But listen, the American work ethics got to come off the pedestal in the sense of that work is our defines who we are because that is a double-edged sword. You, you mentioned the issue of where is our work ethic. Okay, that's one edge of the sword. The other edge of the sword is you may have people out there working to get rich, but that doesn't mean that they're not cooperating. The love of money is the root of all evil. I mean, you have the double, the other edge of the sword is greed. The foundation of what we're talking about here is that God himself worked to establish the earth. He said it was very good. He lines out by principle, promise, and plan what it is that would define 
work. I mean, I think part of what is going on in this nation is you have half of the people heralding the American work ethic as something special. You have the other half saying, well, basically, you know, flipping that off and saying, well, that's never worked for me. Mm-hmm. You just owe me. I'm a human being. What about humanity? Just, you know, yeah. neither one of those are established in the truth of God, which is that, uh, which would answer the question of, of the day, which is that is work a blessing or a curse? Well, it can be a curse both ways. You can be, yeah, you can so work okay. like crazy, be as rich as I'll get out, and you can be living under a curse mm-hmm. because you are greedy and evil and you've allowed the love of many. You've gotten ahead by climbing over the backs of others. I'm, I'm speaking more specifically here about the financial uh, system in yeah, America, America where you and I, when we talk about the debt in this nation, the debt in this nation is not just about uh, poor people that won't go to work. The debt in this nation is because you and I paid Goldman Sachs <laughs> right. executives so that they could go buy a bigger yacht. Yeah. It's a corporate problem. It's a household problem, Cindy, but it's also an individual problem. Well, it is always an individual problem. It's always an individual problem between man and God. Mm-hmm. Because each and every one of us, it doesn't matter if you're the poorest or the poor, and you are either, you know, being a very good steward of the little bit that you have, or you're out there perpetrating harm and evil, or the richest of the rich, and you're doing good or perpetrating harm and evil, you are still accountable to God as an individual. And that's why we're starting on this issue of work and workmanship. Well, it's true, Cindy. And... One of the things that we um, uh, we get so warped with is uh, the career pattern that, and I mentioned earlier this morning, if I was known, uh, had I known in college what I'm <laughs> going to be doing today, I would have done a little bit different career path. Uh, we don't understand sometimes, any of us, whether we're talking about Christians or non-Christians, how important it is that we be distinguished in the things that we do in a way that would not just bless us and make us rich, but would add to the workmanship of Christ. That's what it's all about. Boy, I love what you we just have, said. We, Van and I go to the Y uh, to work out, and there is at the corner of where, a little bit north of 183 on the Y, is a gentleman that stands out there and begs. And Van has got to be good friends with him. Now, we missed him three days now. He has not been there. And yesterday, Van said, I hope my friend, something has not happened to my friend. Um, We have to have uh, mercy in our lives as we're rolling around. I mean, we have to know that there there is, we are to be merciful. As we're rolling around in our cars, our pickup trucks. Oh, yeah. Because if you're rolling around in that double cab pickup truck, eight, you know, eight miles a gallon, and everybody on a street corner 
or standing at a bus stop, you want to know the things that just absolutely kill my heart is when we're coming here, you know, Saturday mornings is a great drive time yeah, because you see either people on bicycles, walking their dogs out on the soccer fields with their kids. Yes. But you come over here to where we are at the station. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes there are people at the crack of dawn mm-hmm. catching a bus Mm-hmm. to get to work now i don't want you know nobody wants to sit here and talk about you know a, a view or a paradigm to workmanship and use invoke the name of god as if the country those people who are at a bus stop or those people who become a friend who stand there whether they're begging or not are not part of god's economy mm-hmm. And not part of God's handiwork. Cindy, uh, so often uh, our life is determined by um, the young choices that we make. When we're we're making those M choices, like who our master's going to be, you know, what our what our mates going to, who our mates going to be, or if we're going to pursue an education and and pursue a career, uh, and when we give up too quickly. And take into our own hands those kind of decisions too early, then we live with those the rest of our life, and that's part of what we have in America with the poor, is we just don't have enough motivation in our educational system today to keep kids in school, studying and working, and we, you know, we see movies of, of kids that are in foster care and how they go from one home to another and, and then end up, you know, being helped by, by um, a teacher or a superintendent, how their lives are changed. Those are the things that break our heart uh, when we look at where we are in America. Well, we're going to take our break, and I want you to come back and let's wrap it up because what was God thinking when he said it work was very good? This is Love Talk on the Word. I am Cindy Vaughn. I love talking in the beautiful, blessed KLGO, the Word Studios, 1490 AM information with inspiration, reminding you that we're streaming live at klgo.net. You can also catch up with Evelyn and I at lovetalknetwork.com, where we'll be posting the audio portion of this program and our latest blog coming out of this program. Evelyn had a great blog this week. I hope you'll get a chance to uh, check that out on, uh, that is, Love Talk Network. Dot com. Evelyn, you know, we're, you know, we're going to walk down this conversation about uh, work until I should mention you go on vacation. Talk about uh, that I may not be able to let you go after we have this conversation. You have to stay here and work with me. But, uh, and then we're going to go into our new series on leadership. And that's going to be exciting because we'll always bring our perspective to that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you talked about earlier on this issue of, of work. And, you know, God said work was very good. And in the garden, he gave man and woman the garden to to take care of it, to work it and take care of it. 
But then we have this issue that you you talked about earlier where you said stand all of us are standing at the door mm-hmm. of opportunity and you know in the scripture it is it's our work to knock right. now god nudges yeah he'll nudge you by the holy spirit but when he's he's in developing persistence with god he tells us to knock give us a a good perspective on working knocking standing at the doors what's all this business with work? Well, Cindy, uh, Jesus taught that principle uh, when he was looking at his world and they had already had a discussion about poor people. And he done a, he did a lot to feed them uh, when he was speaking. I mean, he had a passion uh, and mercy for those that would come who were hungry, uh, who were looking for a better way of life. Uh, and he said, you know, if you want what I have to give you, and I'm here to give it to you, then you've got to come to the door of opportunity. And the door of opportunity is a life without limits with Jesus Christ. That's what it is. And so he said to, not necessarily to get my attention, because I know you're there, but he said, first thing you've got to do is you, it is that you uh, ask. Uh, you know, you come asking, Lord, this is where I am. I want you to be a part of my life. Uh, and then you seek that life through the word and through the power of your spirit. And in in God's hall of heaven, there are no closed doors. The door is open. And we have to stop and think, well, what is behind that door of opportunity? Behind the closed doors. And and we have we stop and think that we're limited by who we are and what we have. And discount what it is God has wants to give us. And so as we look and then we knock on that door and he opens that door, what is he going to say? Uh, he, he want, we want to see what's inside that before he opens the door. And that's where faith comes in. If we knock on the door and we believe, then he said, I will give to you without limits. There is no, here's what I'm asking saying to you, ask and you'll get, seek you'll find, and knock, and I'll open the door. Well, when he says that, what, and the door opens, what happens, Cindy? When the door of opportunity, of love and faith with Jesus Christ, what happens? Well, first of all, our hearts open. And then our windows open from heaven. He said, I'll pour out you blessings from heaven. And the sky opens. He said, I, you know, I'm going to go away. I'm going to come back. Watch for me. And he said, heaven opens. The door to heaven is only one way. And he said that the way is the road is long and the way is is to death is wide. But the way to heaven is narrow and narrow is the gate. So when we knock on that door and we ask him to come into our life and begin to live his life in us. The scriptures tell us that he does that without limit. He does it without limit of his spirit, of his power, his mercy, his goodness, all of those things. And when we do that, and we know the word opens up the way for us to do that. One of the things the word says is you got to go to the harvest 
and pick the harvest. You've got to go plow the field. You've got to fertilize. And that's what it is in the Word of God regarding what our responsibility is as far as being Christians to be the example of people who come to us and knock on our door of faith. And so then as the Spirit opens this, and this it's not complicated, life really does begin. Because then we get what God has that he wants to give us. So here we are out here struggling, stretching, moaning and groaning in every area of our life. Physically, you know, I both have physical issues. When we knock on that door and say, Lord, give me today. First of all, provide for me today. Give me what I need to be able to do what you call me to do and equip me to do. And I'll work in that field. And then the second thing is protect me as I do that. Protect me as I make these decisions that are going to decide and determine the success that I'm going to have in life. So that means I can't just sit home behind my closed doors and do nothing about what's happening in America today, Cindy. That means I can't sit home, hide out in my prayer closet, and not get out there and share that which he's already given me. Because the scripture does say that he says that those who know the Son, accepts and trusts the Son, gets in on everything, life complete and forever. And that's why the person who avoids and distrusts the Son in the darkness doesn't see light. All he experiences of God is darkness and an angry darkness at that. That comes from John 3, 34, 36. What he's saying here is that as he speaks the truth, he is the truth. And when we believe that, he gives us that other gift and is the spirit without limit. So we're not limited by what we do in life as Christians. If we go to the door and knock, and once we knock, we seek his will, we seek his way. And he says, when you knock on the door, I'll open it. And what will I do? I will give you unlimited power to be who I've designed you to be. And not only in your life, but in the lives of those around you. So as we've gone through this thing, we've been on it for about six weeks now talking about what is it? that we as believers in the Lord Jesus need to do to make a difference in our nation. It's got, we've got to ask the Father. We've got to seek the Lord Jesus. And we've got to knock on the door of opportunity. And that doesn't mean just heaven. It means our next door neighbor. That woman or that man that sit in the pew with us at church. Or that, that guy that's begging on the corner of the street. Those are the things, Cindy, that make it exciting for you and for me to be here on Saturday. Mm. You know, the whole time you were talking, Evelyn, I was thinking about um, the, uh, there was a, uh, an in, a friend of mine who lives in Philadelphia who was trained for nothing, and the work of her life was to be a mother of five children, and she really wondered about the worth of her work. She prayed for years and years in the bathroom, and then finally the Lord led her to the inner city of Philadelphia to climb through the air-conditioning ducts of abandoned buildings into the the crack rooms. And there she met a man who was called the doctor, and the doctor's work 
was to find the veins in the crack a- in the crack addicts that could and heroin addicts that could not be found by anyone else who could hit a vein in between the toes that no one else and that's why he was called the doctor and so the work of his life was to hit those veins that no one else could when every other vein was blown. Ten years later, I happened to turn the TV on to Ted Koppel to find this young woman on the television with the doctor. At that time, the headlines of their life was the preacher and the doctor, who now both were ministering the gospel in the inner city of Philadelphia, which was being completely transformed. Why? Because they knocked on the door and persisted in knocking on the door. Is what do you have for me, Lord? Where will you direct my steps? And And then they knocked on the door of each other's hearts and persisted in that. And then they knocked on the door of an entire city. This is what we're talking about. This This is what America needs. This has been Love Talk on the Word.